Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's episode. Hey, guess what? Before we get into it, you might have heard, I am drafted to the two Ramagpies as a part of the Carlton Draft. I'm going to be playing a game, dominating, kicking six, and then resetting at quarter time. For the first time in Carlton Draft history, one lucky Victorian women's community club will get the chance to draft the AFLW GOAT, Erin Phillips, to play as a wild card. How bloody good's that? If you want to enter this now to get her down to your football club, visit thecarltondraft.com.au. That's thecarltondraft.com. .au. 18 plus, drink responsibly. G'day guys, Dill here. This should not come as a surprise to anyone given he's one of the biggest and best sports broadcasters in Australia, but Brian Taylor's podcast, Life of Brian, is absolutely flying at the moment. Recently he's had on James Brayshaw, Tony Jones, his nephew and Sydney midfielder James Rowbottom, and even horse teeth Tommy Sheridan. Life of Brian is not just about the guests, it also provides a great insight behind the scenes of the football media and BT's life away from the mic. He's a very, very quirky man. Who would have thought picking up sticks is so important? The show is hosted by son Harrison and it's fair to say the apple doesn't fall far from the tree because Harrison gives Brian a run for his money. Life of Brian is a clubby sports podcast and it should be in your rotation. IllyXX. Welcome back to Tradies. Sam McClure and Mitch Cleary. Each week we chat the trading and buying and selling of AFL players. Season 1, episode 10. Mitch, Hello Samuel, how are you? Couldn't be better. Living the dream. How's the week been? It's been good. I've realised I've got a fetish for Tasmanian politics. I'm glad that's. I was concerned where that <laughs> sentence was going. I uh, had a great Mother's Day and it's been a great week. How about you? My week's been good. It's been... Have you ever... Did you write a weekly column when you were at AFL.com or did you? have you ever in your journalistic career had like a weekly deadline column? Yeah, had a weekly column for AFL.com.au around yep. trades actually, it's ironically. It's stressful, isn't it? Oh, it's in the back of your mind. Or it's like a uni assignment for 30 that, weeks. That comes around every week. Yeah. Yeah. So I found that quite challenging and I reckon... You would know this as a journo. Sometimes you have stories where you work on it for a week and then you get it up and then you don't get any feedback and you realise, oh, it wasn't really worth it in the end. But then sometimes a person you haven't spoken to in three years will send you a 10-word text out of the blue on a Thursday morning yeah. and it turns into a front page yeah. and everyone thinks you're a genius. And it's just yeah. like, you have no well idea connected. where I got that from. Yeah. Jeez, he's, is, he's been working the phones? Yeah, that's this week for me. Oh, you're sitting on one? No, 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 the opposite. No. <laughs> <laughs> I thought someone might have come through with a text. No, I've just, it's, I think it's a really interesting topic, like an interesting subject. Yeah. But I reckon, so today, I reckon I would have spent three and a half hours on the phone. Yep. And it's just one of those things that needs a lot of detail. And I, I'm going to enjoy writing it, but I reckon it could be one of those ones where people pick up the age, they see the headline, oh, it's interesting. And they read the first three paragraphs and they're like, and eh, next page. <laughs> The first part is the most important. You've got to hold them. It did get me thinking, though, like those stories that take you ages that then never come up. Oh, yeah. Last year when I was when I worked for the agent investigations. Yeah, so just take us through that because a lot of people wouldn't know this. And I didn't really know this until after the fact. Yeah, you I didn't really tell people. Seconded yep. out of the sports team at the age mm-hmm. to work with the GOAT, Nick McKenzie. Nick McKenzie, yep. Yep, who actually, I don't think you'll mind me telling people this, he actually put me onto this story. It was almost like a, hey, welcome to the team, here's a handball. But it wasn't a handball in the goal square. It was a handball, like, outside the ground. (laughs) It was running into a freight train and you had to go back with the flight? Yeah. And anyway, I worked on this story for four months. Footy-related? Sport-related? Not footy-related, but this, this story had everything. It had sport, it had crime, it had international people crossing the border. It was big. 
and I couldn't tell anyone about it. And it was killing me. Anyway, I was always sure that it was going to come up. And it didn't. But are you making calls on it this time? In the four months? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, getting closer and closer and closer and closer. Like me, where every call you make, you're thinking it's one step closer to this getting out. Totally. By, by ringing someone, it's totally. a chance that this will... Yeah. yeah. And I genuinely all the time thought I would get it up. I, I thought I would get to a point where I could get the story up. And if it would have been front page for a week, like everywhere. Has it been reported since? No. Is it still there to be reported? Potentially. I think about it once a week, I reckon. Mm. And there's a, and then there's that's just while we're thinking about it, there's a there's a footy story from a while ago that I had and chose not to report that haunts me, still. Mm. And it was reported by someone else. No, no, I never saw the light of day, mm. and it won't now. But yeah, it's funny how I assume you know people in all in all different fields, in all different walks of life, in different jobs, yeah, have things, have elements of their jobs that stay with them. Good, send, good, bad, indifferent. Send us a voice memo if you're out there. Oh, we love. We've got some. We've got some voice memos t- today. I'm At really Trady's excited. Podcast. Just one e- example for me. The, my favourite stories are sightings or where people who are not related to footy see something and ring you and say, <laughs> "Hey, you can't believe what just happened. I saw this." So back in 2013, I'm 19. I'm still trying to be a bit of journo, play a bit of local footy, not very well, but trying, trying to, to yeah, yeah, a bit of a, trying to be a bit of a lad, bit of a personal life. Billy Smets and Josh Caddy are on the Geelong list. They're super young as well. They broke into Jackson Thurlow's house. He just oh, bought a new house. I already, remember this. Just started renting a new house, and they thought it'd be funny. So this is ten years ago now. Be funny to try and break into his house wearing balaclavas. The cops were called because the neighbours saw them. <laughs> it's super funny. <laughs> I had a mate just happened to be driving past and saw these two Geelong players being restrained by police and rang me. And we ran on the footy show at the time because I was working with Damien Barrett for Channel Nine at this yeah. stage. And just one of those things that like could have easily been swept under the carpet. One of those things had no one have ever mentioned it. It may never have seen the light of day because a mate was driving past his house That's at that amazing very point. Timing. Yeah, man, we'll get to, we'll get to some more over the journey. But uh, some of those stories are the best where you got no links, no connection, no network, or mm-hmm. you've you haven't spent years fostering a relationship in a footy sense, and you just get a call from a mate out of the blue. Much happened over Mother's Day weekend. Caught up with my mum for lunch on Sunday. Beautiful. Seeing my partner Kate's family this Sunday coming. Oh, that's nice. But I saw that you were actually in the Mother's Day spirit. Uh, um, more information, please. Now, this might sound a bit weird. I love trawling vision on our tapes from work. Oh, when my God. Oh, I know where this is going. We have a, an army of camos who do an amazing job at Channel 7. Don't suck up to your camos. Continue They're on. the most important people yeah, in the newsroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They come back. No with reporter discs. actually thinks that, by the way. They all just like to tell people that the camos are the most important. We should, we should do a survey of the seven camos. Um, and I just love looking at vision because you might spot something or something for the back of your mind that you might use for another day. And Kate Massey, who's just joined our team in Seven Melbourne. New number, to new the, number one at Seven Footy. Yep. Went to the Connor Sports uh, Mother's Day lunch where all the players' mums who are managed by Connor's yes. and his delegates yes. uh, have a lunch. And there I was trawling through the vision. I thought, gee, that haircut looks familiar. <laughs> That's the same haircut that I see every Tuesday night <laughs> on the tradies desk. So you were just doing a bit of uh, interview work, some of your best, down at the, the Mother's Day lunch? Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you do a bit of the same, I assume. Yeah. You know, occasionally yeah. you host some functions and yeah. occasionally you get paid for it. Yeah. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's always good. Uh, yeah, I've been doing that lunch at PwC for a while. Yep. I think that's my fourth or fifth year. And it's a great I, idea. Halfway through. Together. Yeah. Oh, they love it. Though. It's such a good day. Halfway through, um, I see a news camera. I went up to Paul and said, what's that? <laughs> he said, oh, Channel 7 are taking some vision. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I wish someone had told me. <laughs> I know exactly what's going to happen here <laughs> is that Kate's going to go back. 
I, I went up and introduced myself because we hadn't met. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm mates with Mitch. And she was like, yeah, no, I know, I know. And I'm walking away going, she's going to go back and she's going to tell Mitch, I saw your mate Sam. And Mitch is going to go, oh, where was Sam? Oh, was he hosting? Okay. But then I kept che- checking WhatsApp over the weekend. Nothing from Mitch. Yeah. No voice ma- messages, no missed calls. I've gotten away with it. <laughs> what? So you just sit there in a darkened room in the in the edit room. Oh, it's, it's occasionally lit. In Channel 7, and you just go through old vision in case you stumble across something. You yeah. sick human. Yeah. I can't believe that. Oh, actually, sorry. I'll rephrase. <laughs> I can absolutely believe that. Actually, I mentioned last week that I'm sick of getting sightings of you, and I need some sightings of players. <laughs> yes. Someone actually DM'd me on Instagram at... Cleary underscore Mitch, if you're looking for me. A sighting of a Sydney player. Oh, that's walking too, out of a who was it? Of a meeting. I'm not, I don't want to say the player. Oh, nah, it just that's, that's oh yeah, that's, no, a player walking down the street. Big news, yeah. Walking out of a of a, a meeting with someone, but that is the trust that I have with our audience. So they can send me something, and I won't reveal who. who. Oh, goodness gracious! Should we get to some? You've done a lot of sucking up tonight. <laughs> now, before we get started uh, with the whiteboard, make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button so you don't miss a beat. Also, please rate and review the pod, Mitch. Let's get into the whiteboard. You want to start with a voice message, or you I want do. to? Okay, let's kick it off with this. Hey boys, loving the show. Uh, just a quick one to get your thoughts on uh, two premiership plays for the D's, uh, James Jordan and James Harms. Uh, both are cycling through the team this year as a 23rd man, um, and I know both could offer a lot to other clubs. Harmsy signed a long-term deal, a couple of years, still has a couple of years left, and he's a Melbourne boy through and through. Uh, Jordan's out of contract and yet to re-sign yet. Uh, Definitely both wonder players at the club, but just wondering if there could be a win-win for more game time for them and freeze up a bit of salary cap space if they looked elsewhere. Uh, could also be used as a package for Melbourne uh, to get a bit higher in the draft, as Mitch pointed out for their bid for Harley Reid. Anyway, interested to hear your thoughts. Keep up the good work, boys. Thanks for that for Tim, and don't forget you can send them through at Tradies Podcast, all your voice memo and all your questions. We love them. Micro Mitch, really quickly, James Jordan is <laughs> one of the... <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> Micro Mitch, for those who didn't listen to the last episode, just suddenly peered out of nowhere. <laughs> with it was not it was not run past my desk as the CEO and chairman <laughs> and and a playing co-founder. captain and single founder <laughs> of this podcast. How dare you try to claim co-founder? James Jordan is one of my favourite types of players. They are the formerly delisted players who will forever be free agents who start to come good, like a James Jordan. Dylan Williams is one of those players at Port Adelaide. We'll get to them more throughout the year. But James Jordan is forever a free agent when he comes out of contract because in a previous life, Melbourne delisted him from the senior list to put him to the rookie list. Essentially, clubs do that to save money. I do want to talk, though, about James Harms from Tim's voice memo. I'm putting him on my whiteboard Ooh. this week. He is a fascinating name. End of last year, he was in and out of Melbourne's team. He was the sub in two of the last four games that Melbourne played last year. He's 27 turning 28 in October. People, I think there might be a thought out there, and I was one when I went to search his age this morning. I thought he was 29, 30, not 27 turning 28. It does feel like he's been around yeah. a while. So, I, yeah, I agree with you. Premiership player at Melbourne, and he's on a five-year deal that expires at the end of 2024. Now, I'm putting him on the whiteboard as I think he was a genuine prospect to potentially move before that contract is up. Last year, had a look around because, as I said, he was in and out of the Melbourne team he had a meeting or at least a conversation with Essendon head of footy Josh Marnie mm-hmm. who was formerly the head of footy at Melbourne and would have been there when they signed him they signed that initial uh, five-year deal for James Harms and still right now he can't get a game he's been in the sub a couple of times he's had 35 40 touches in his last couple of VFL games on the weekend Christian Salem wasn't in the team Melbourne had first round picks Blake Howes and Bailey Laurie who were 
up-and-coming stars not yep. get a game. Charlie Spargo played twos on the weekend. Plus the key positions that they've got playing twos, yeah. like Tomlinson and Brown. Yep. And Melkram. And an, obviously a hard forward flanker. McDonald as well was the, oh, and, was the yeah, carryover. Tom McDonald. So right now, the future is looking a little lean for uh, James Harms. And which, I think which happens. Yeah. And things have changed since he signed that five-year contract, which I don't think was on massive money at the time. It was I, more yeah, one I of those I reckon it was like the $500,000 mark. Yeah. And that's why they're happy to give him the long-term deal. Because it, for him, it gave him, gave him security, but it gave Melbourne a cheaper, cheaper, like Version. still good money, yeah. cheaper option, yeah. uh, rather than have to sign him on two or three years at, at bigger cash. Now, go back to the Essendon one. If Darcy Parrish was to leave, could there be a spot for a player like James Harms in that Essendon midfield or on you know to play on a flank at Essendon? That's just, just one scenario, given there has been- Given the connection given with the Marnie connection already. Yeah. And the conversation yeah, last year. Yeah, I don't year. mind it. Plus, you put those players who are missing from Melbourne right now. Don't forget, they've got their own pick at this year's draft and Frio's from Luke Jackson. Jackson. So currently, they hold pick seven and seventeen in this year's draft. So if Jake, if James Harms is not getting a game right now, how's he going to go with another twelve months in the final year of his contract in twenty four? Yeah, with two first round picks, or potentially do Melbourne bundle up and go further into the top five? Let's see. It's a great whiteboard item from you because I haven't heard his name mentioned anywhere. We reported at the end of last year that he had had the conversation with Essendon. It didn't really go anywhere. I don't think he was ever- Where did you report that? uh, On 7 News. Okay. A genuine- If you'd reported on 9 News, that's maybe why it could have gotten a bit more attention. (laughs) Uh, Never really- Oh, there's an email. Got got really off the ground because I don't think he was ever fully committed to exploring it. Just had a- you know, an off-the-cuff more conversation. But I think in the next 12 months, um, something could move there. Managed by the great Tim Hazel. He is. Who, of course, manages Adam Trelaw as well as a few others. In fact, he's had some some clients that have had to move. Timmy Hazel? Hasn't he? Uh, He also managed, I reckon, Lockie Keefe and Josh Thomas. He did. When they were going through their turmoil. Keefe still on Giants. At Collingwood and then got Lockie Keefe a deal at... At GWS, who's still on their list. Yep. So that's your voice message turned into whiteboard. So I'm claiming that you've stolen that, which I like. <laughs> Thank you, Tim, for that voice message. Please keep them coming at Trades Podcast. I want to talk about Mitch McGovern. Yeah. He's out of contract, which has been very well reported. He's on a lot of money, 750 grand a year, which has been very well reported. But I'd like to look at him through the prism of what his value becomes at a team when he's on normal money. Because there's only two things that can happen here from Mitch from next year onwards. One is that he stays at Carlton on significantly less money mm-hmm. or he moves to another club on significantly less money. I think they're both very interesting propositions for him. He's such a fascinating player, Mitch. He's 28. We know he started his career on fire as a forward with Adelaide. We then know he had a huge falling out with the club. He signed a deal in August 2017 where he thought he was given unders and the club told him there was no more money in the cap. Yep. Then they go and bring Bryce Gibbs in, so suddenly they found more money, and that you know he he didn't like that. In the midst of it, the oh no, no, nah. the camp oh, happens. Oh, you're going there? No, I'm not going there. I'm just it's a timeline. Just yep. let me let me brush past it. And in June 2018, it became very well known that he wanted out of Adelaide mm-hmm. again. Adelaide denied Which it. Was denied at the time. Yeah, everyone seemed to deny, and then he left. So he he goes to Carlton on a big deal, seven hundred and fifty grand a year. This is when Carlton had money to splash. They had money to splash. They didn't know, you know, they were in the, still in the midst of of drafting Kerno and Mackay, so they didn't really know what they had forward wise. You know, at this stage, they really had Levi Casbolt. So a lot of people will say, and I'll be the first to tell people when Carlton are overpaying people. But like at the time, like I don't think the deal has really hurt them because they've been able to get all the players that they've wanted to get. Really, I don't think they've missed out on anyone because they didn't have enough cash because of Mitch McGovern. 
Clary Oliver might have uh, had his mind swayed with an extra hundred. Fair point. Fair point. Yep. But you know they, these decisions. Yep. Yeah. Happen. Yep. And he, he's coming to the end. He's had a shocking run with injury. It's just a deal that just for a myriad of reasons hasn't worked. Mm. But he's 28. He's only played 96 games. So he's coming up to 100. He's still got a lot of footy left in him if they can keep him fit. If I'm a team up near the top that wants a bloke who can play at centre-half back as an interceptor, he kicks 50 metres on his left or his right foot and can float forward if, if you need him to play there. And a good user when fit. And I only have to pay him 450 grand. It's such a low-risk acquisition. Yeah. Right? If Carlton let him go, they're going to have to let him go for not much because clubs are going to know that you know that they're not offering him huge money if they're offering him anything. So it's only going to cost you a late pick at worst. So for me, Mitch McGovern gets talked about as this guy – Oh, Mitch McGovern. You know, he'll probably leave and like where he'll go. Maybe he'll end up at West Coast with his brother. Or I think that's the I think that's the cheap way of looking at it. The expensive way, the the value way to look at it is this is a guy who, when playing, is actually an eight hundred thousand dollar type player. But you could get him for half of that because of the circumstances. So I expect all the top clubs to be looking at him. Yeah, and I'm talking Collingwood, Melbourne. You know, I'm talking Brisbane. I'm, I'm talking Adelaide to I'm go back. Ge- look at Geelong with Witzels moving up the ground. Yeah, with their Radley is depends what happens with his future. But we've seen what happened with Henry going out of the side. Could there be a spot for an interceptor there? Yeah. So what Carlton had hoped for is that Wietering and McGovern would be their main lever. Now it hasn't quite happened, largely because there's not the pressure on the ball, so they don't get the intercept. But that's what. And don't forget Caleb Marchbank, who they invested Mar- a lot. Yeah, in Marchbank's, time. Marchbank's been a really sad story for so many different reasons, and that's no one's fault really in the end. Um, McGovern has the ability, talent-wise, to be a lever. Yeah, he just hasn't had the run at it, and he's probably played for a team where they haven't had all that pressure on the on the ball. We're getting into air raid sirens territory here because no, starting no. to talk about non-footy, but that's why he goes on my whiteboard. Because I expect all clubs to be thinking, why wouldn't we look at Mitch McGovern, who's going to come cheap? We'll just throw it to the open market now. Harry Himmelberg as a free agent is being spoken about as a seven hundred to eight hundred thousand dollar player. I even heard today higher than that. I heard there are at clubs Club willing Land. to pay nine hundred for him. That's a lot of money. It's too much for me, but I'm just saying. Yeah. What if? Yeah. Anyway, go on your comparison. But if you get Mitch McGovern on four fifty and Harry Himmelberg at eight hundred, he's not twice a player that Mitch McGovern. Not is. even close to. That's a great comparison that you raise. Speaking of Harry, I've got a bit of an update. Oh yeah. This is uh, Jimmy Bartell with me and Richo, the great Matthew Richardson, on Sunday three W football. You wouldn't want to lose Himmelberg, nah. would you? It's a pretty good player, Harry. He can play either end of the ground. Yeah. Uh, where's that at, Jim? Where's it at? Himmelberg. He's, uh, he's a Giants player. Mm-hmm. Where's he? Have you offered him a contract? He's a Giants player. Have you offered him a contract beyond this year? He's currently a Giants player. It's not what I'm asking. No. Yeah, I know what you're asking. <laughs> he's not answering you, Sam. <laughs> so you, you have offered him a deal? Yeah, I'm not going to go into the ins and outs of Harry's deal. Oh, no, no, I, I'm, no, I'm, no not trying to, I'm not trying. I'm not trying to be a smart aleck here. It's not, it's not that difficult a question. Yeah, exactly. Do you want to? Do you want to keep him, or are you going to look to trade him? No, we're not going to look to trade Harry Himmelberg. I like how you are. Uh, you know, push Jimmy's buttons from time to time. He's a very he, passionate he man. He didn't like that. <laughs> so Can I decode that from my end? Please. The Giants are desperate to get to the negotiation table, but Harry and his management are pulling back, waiting, buying time to see what else is out there in the market and letting him play his footy to quote what clubs would be being told right now from the hemisphere management end. So okay. David Trotter and Harry Himmelberg, Trotter's his manager, mm-hmm. I think are going to just sit back and the Giants are desperate to get to the table right now and negotiate a contract. So forget what he could be 
forget what clubs would need to pay to get him out. I just forget all those things, right? If you if you were putting a list together tomorrow, what would you be willing to pay Harry Himmelberg as a fair and reasonable yearly salary? So am I allowed to know the fact that you get him for free because he comes as a free agent? No, no, no. Everything, every, well, you know, no. Yes, you are because that's that's the situation here. Current climate is a player's average wage is four hundred. Yep, four or seven. Six fifty, seven hundred. Yeah, yeah. I'm a bit. I'm, I, I see him as a six hundred thousand dollar player. Yep. I see him as one and a half times better the average footballer. Okay. Yep, that's fair. But I understand that he's probably got the potential to be twice the average footballer. But I'm so fascinated with this guy because I reckon his trade value is hard to determine. I don't think he's had a great year, but he did win them a game yep. against Hawthorne. And it's very rare, to your point about McGovern, that you can find someone who can genuinely play at both ends. And I think there's a mixed view out there from clubs as to what he is. Hmm. What do you see him as? I see him as, I think his second half of last year, although the numbers might pad out what he actually did, I thought his second half last year was the most impact he's had on games as a defender, as an intercept defender. Yeah, so I like him as a forward. So there you go. We can't agree. Just before we move off Harry, you're still with the view that he's more likely to leave? I think so, yeah. Yeah. If I think with the cap the way it is at the Giants, so much, someone's going to pay a lot of money for him. I can't see him staying. It's a fascinating one for me because if he does get that 750 plus cash, like is being you're saying is being spoken about, yeah. that's a first round compo pick. And right now the Giants aren't playing finals. So that's a top... They've got so, Six, they so many they guys have, leave for picks, have. though. But it's Kingsley's in this bit of this remodeling, if you like to mm. call it. So the need for picks sort of is there. Dealt Ross Lyon, replumbing, retiling. And that's where, Rewiring. getting back to a few episodes ago, I reckon it could open you up for a Jack Bowes type deal with Whitfield's cash to, to sort of proper, properly realign it. Maybe not a top tenner for, for Lockie, but something like that. Hello, my beautiful friends and family. Guess what? I am back. I am back. Third time lucky. My third time drafted in my life. I'll be making a return to footy as a part of the Carlton Draft, along with some big household names. Not as big as my name, but uh, some quite big names. Isaac Smith, Trent Cotchin, Matty Lloyd, Lee Montagna. Some of the all-time greats of our game, as I've just mentioned. One lucky Victorian women's community club will get the chance to draft the AFLW GOAT Aaron Phillips to play as a wildcard. How bloody good is that? If you're a part of women's community footy and you are keen to get Aaron down, enter now at thecarltondraft.com.au. That's thecarltondraft.com.au. 18 plus, drink responsibly. Let's get into this. Oh, I've been very excited for nuts and bolts. I could sense that. This week, very excited. My man, Mason. Big Mason Cox. 10 coaches votes on the weekend. Uh, he's about to play in game 100. Not many AFL players can say they've had a 60 minutes documentary made around them. He, he Just before he gets started in this, he is one of the most ridiculously underrated, purely from a jealousy and misunderstanding standpoint, of players I've ever seen. This bloke came as a mature age recruit who didn't know what the game was. He's rated above average or elite in four key categories mm-hmm. across his career, not in the last few weeks. He's won two finals off his own boot including a preliminary final in which he was playing on the best defender in the competition in Alex Rance. And they went in severely underdogs, the Pies. Yep. Kicked three first quarter goals against West Coast in a semi-final. Yeah. And then was almost best on ground in the second half of the 18 grand final. He was good. Like he turned that Quite game. Quite in the first half, but Quite. did turn the yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. But Ruckman, like it's... Yeah. Anyway, he's just weirdly underrated. I don't understand why. It's a big, tall poppy syndrome. Australian, we, we, we don't like what we can't understand. Just on that, though, he has found himself in the twos at times. So yes. There, yes. There has been times where Collingwood has lost faith with him. Anyway, let me take you back. 
October 2019, mm-hmm. Joe Danaher has requested a trade to Sydney. Yep. Essendon are thinking we need to find a ruck forward and they don't grow on trees, right? Fair enough. So it's grand final week, 2019. Oh, love grand final week. Mason Cox is spotted at Tullamarine. At Tullamarine? Yep, at, at Essendon not, HQ. Not flying back to Texas? No. No, no, he didn't go in the wrong gate <laughs> to Terminal 4. Anyway, so Michael Gleeson and I, Michael Gleeson, one of the great journos for the age, uh, for those who haven't read his stuff, we stumble across this, right? We find out, no, no, he was just there for a kid's clinic. A bit weird calling a player there at kid's clinic, but whatever, okay, willing to believe it. And then we start making more calls over the next few days. Oh, no, there's something in this. Call Collingwood, yeah, there's something in this. So when he was contracted at this stage. So contracted, um, if you remember a few years earlier, he was going to go to Brisbane, when Brisbane were really struggling. Yeah. And he was going to, I think he was out of contract, he was going to walk there for free. Mm-hmm. Colin was like, no, 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 we actually still like him. Gave him a three-year deal with a trigger for a fourth. Yep. So this is the end of 19. So he's contracted for 20, yep. trigger for 21. Yep. Right. So Gleese and I run the story. So it wasn't a kid's clinic? No, well, we, I think we didn't even mention the kid's clinic in the end. I think it was just it was Essendon and Collingwood have had conversations about a trade for Mason Cox. Uh, we went into specifics, like they were talking about a future second round pick. And Essendon denied it. Essendon denied his manager, Adam Ramanowskis, denied it. Adrian Dodoro, I think a story got printed in the Herald Sun the next day. Classic denial yarn, right? Uh, Essendon denied it. That's an inaccurate report. And I ran into Adrian that week in grand final week. It was, it was a rising star. or Would that be grand final week? Yeah. You st- like maybe the Thursday of grand final week, I reckon. Anyway, it was one of those events. It wasn't the brown night, but it was an event where there were lots of clubs. Yeah. And he said, it's just not true. Now, without giving away secrets here, when you, when you want to be sure on a story, you have to fall back on... Like if wh- whoever is in the inner circle of that story, you want it to have come from one of them. Yeah. You want to hear it with your own ears. And then you probably want a second source who's just outside the first first circle, right? So you always try to go to the, as you and you go to the, to the source, who can I get it from? Yeah. I had two incomparable sources. And so I was just like, guys, not only do I know it's, you're lying to me. They're the funnest ones when <laughs> you you know how right it is and then people are coming for yeah. you. But I know, I know where you met and I know what you talked about. So I know it's right, guys. Anyway, then Mason, <laughs> on a flight from Sydney to Texas, right? So this was the thing. It was that they were meeting, but he was in Sydney, and he was just about to go to Texas. So it was always going to make the deal hard. He tweets, I think it might have quote tweeted me and Gleason's story or something, fake news. I remember this. And I'm like, bastard, it's not fake news, and he knows it's not fake news, right? Unless there's a possibility that his management hadn't told him, which – Chance, but unlikely. Chance. So anyway, it was a bit of fun. It didn't end up happening, the trade, but it was talked about. And I ran into Mason at the Australian Open next, this is just before COVID hit, January 2020. This is Sam in the Emirates marquee at the tennis. It actually was the Emirates <laughs> marquee. Yeah, very good. <laughs> I didn't get invited last year. I was very upset. <laughs> and I was like, oh, do I bring it up? You know, like both having a beer. I think he was there with one of his brothers because his brothers play sport in the US. Don't they play, I they? think they play Aussie rules. They play Aussie rules in the, in the, in the US yeah, league. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I know, you know, I've since gotten to know Mason pretty well and he's a, he's a ripping person, but he sort of, without going to the conversation, was sort of like, sorry about how that all <laughs> transpired <laughs> last year. Anyway, the, the, the point of nuts and bolts is that Collingwood were, were definitely willing to let him go. He was on a little bit too much cash for them, and mm. he wasn't playing that well. Essendon wanted him, but they thought Collingwood wanted too much. It didn't end up happening. And look how important he's ended up being for him. Oh, huge. And and could be ultra important this year for, in, a, in a premiership year. Correct me if I'm wrong, 
I'm going to say that Collingwood wouldn't have done the Grundy deal had Cox not still been on their list. Collingwood wouldn't have done the Grundy deal if Cox, but they had Darcy Cameron. But then what else? Yeah. They could have gone and got, I guess, gone and find, found a cheaper option. It's a very interesting question. I think I agree with you. Yeah. He's. I guess they may, they may have gone and found a bargain basement somewhere, but he played the best game of his career on the weekend outside of that 2018 prelim. So if you were to, if you were to think about, just last one on nuts and bolts for Coxie, if you were to mention, question without notice, the best half a dozen ruckmen in the league yeah, right now, it'll be- Tim English. English, Gorn, Sean Darcy. Um, Roel Marshall up there. Roel Marshall, Jared Witts. Yep. Riley O'Brien's had a good season for Adelaide. Oscar McInerney's holding Oscar McInerney's had a good year for Brisbane. So, so there's, there's- Sammy seven. Draper, who sat in this chair- The, the great man. An hour earlier. Yep. So, so there's, a, there's yep. eight of them, right? I would put it to you- that there is only a couple on that list we just mentioned who could have a game like Cox had on the weekend. Yeah. And who could win finals off their own boot. Like Draper, I reckon, is going to end up being one of those players. Yeah. But, like, there's not many of them. Gorn kicked five in a prelim for Melbourne. Gorn kicked, yep. Yeah, I I remember that in Perth. No, I'm with you. And just to move on from 2019 into 2021, he could well be back in the States right now living his normal life if it wasn't for Craig McRae getting the job. Yeah. Because of their connection from when McRae... Was development totally. coach at Collingwood. He did have a conversation with Freo at the time when he was at a concert actually in the States, Mason Cox, end of 2021. With Mace Justin, did. Justin Lomio. That was reported at the time. I think he'd had a few beers. Um, turns 33 this year, I believe. Yeah. 32. Uh, you'd think he's done enough for another deal. I would think so. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't look like he's slowing down that much. Overs and unders. Jordan Ngoi. Now, I don't mm. claim to know his exact money, but I would say it's somewhere in the range of 850-ish. Is it that much? At Collingwood? Yeah. Okay. He was getting more more than a million. The offer at St Kilda was more than a million bucks, right? Yes. Yep. And was very close to going. It definitely contemplated it. Yep. It was down at Collingwood and St Kilda really late. I think it was only two or three days before the free agency closed last year when Jordan Ngoi decided to stay at Collingwood. I'm going to say he's playing, let's say he's on eight to 8.50 right now. He's playing like a million dollar player. And that indiscretion he had last year in Bali when he was forced to apologise for... Um, inappropriate actions towards women. Which I thought was actually very unfair in its totality. I thought the one in New York, he got off lightly. But the irony well, was- He was he, he, up, he was ultimately charged in New York. Yeah, it wasn't he, just a flippant bar incident. He was charged. Yeah, but he got off lightly here. He, he, yeah. The club let him off lightly. But I thought that the, the Bali thing, just for what it's worth, yeah. I thought was ridiculous, the outrage over it. Yeah. The, people were saying it was overreported at the time, but he still- Collingwood did still send statements. He was forced to apologise. Oh, no, sorry. Yeah, I'm not even talking about from a footy standpoint. I just yeah. meant the the social commentators that love to jump on footballers without knowing the full details yeah, of right. it. Right, yeah. Anyway, yeah. so, so the indiscretion you reckon saved Collingwood? Yeah, I, I think it saved him $100,000 a year. On Which Jordan is not Gally. insignificant. So if you go back to the start of last year, New York happens, then he starts to build his form, goes away to Bali during the mid-season buy. Collingwood had an t- offer on the table at that stage. They pulled it. Mm. They then went to, had to go to renegotiate because he played a brilliant final series. And I reckon by pulling that contract off the table, they've pulled at the heartstrings of Jordan Ngoi in that you stay, given what we've done for you, mm. they've probably saved themselves around close to $100,000 a season. Yeah, it's a really good point. And he's playing, he's going under the radar because of the season that Dacos is having, but he's playing yeah. like an All-Australian. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about Isaac Heaney. Yep. Now, we always like to uh, source where we get ideas from. And I've got to say, it's Matthew Lloyd who prompted this in me. Mm-hmm. He, on Footy Classified on Monday, brought up the guys that are of similar age to him, 
Bontempelli, Oliver, Petrarca, mm-hmm. and yep. how a lot of those are multiple best and fairest winners, multiple All Australians. You know, Bont- that all three of them high up in Brownlow Medal f- um, figuring this year. We think, yeah. and then there's Heaney. Who you know, Lloydie made some really interesting points. I, I, I made some calls on this today to a few different clubs. So, so he's on almost a million dollars. He signed a six-year deal um, last year in an Australian year. Last yep, year. we had a really good year. Um, ends up going to the end of two thousand and twenty-eight, mm-hmm. and he also plays in a position which is very difficult to be a consistent star at. And that's why the likes of Dugowie, you know, have been inconsistent. Dustin Martin took a long time to end up being the freak of nature that he is and putting together that 2017 season. Like, there's very few who are dominating at that forward, floating to the midfield, powerful player. But the fact is, he's not playing anywhere near like a million-dollar player right now. And whether they bring him into the midfield or not, I sort of understand why Sydney aren't because they've got a lot of young kids who are playing well in there. And if you put him into the midfield and he's having 25 to 30 a game, that's sort of not why you signed him for six years at a million. So I sort of get why they're like, we actually want you to be a 50 goal a year forward that we can throw into the midfield intermittently. Yeah. But he's definitely uh, a watch for me on unders overs. Just looking at his, his raw numbers, averaging a goal a, a goal a week right now at fifteen disposals. He hasn't; those numbers haven't been as, as poor since his second year in twenty sixteen. Yeah, so there you go. When you look at you know he was kicking less than a goal a game, but having twenty disposals at the time. And if anyone from Sydney is listening to this, I'm sure they're saying, "Jesus, it's a cheap argument from Sam when he's a forward and they're, they're going through a patch where they're getting pumped." But fair, which is a fair comment. But when you're on that money and you're commanding those sort that, of figures, that's right. And in, and a, he, in a forward line that's it's it's far from explosive compared to what it was. Yep. Yeah. He's just look the segments overs unders. Yeah. And he's out of form. Yep. He's drastically out of form for a guy that's being paid like he's been paid. Yep. So he's a watch for me. Anyone else? Just a watch for me is Carl Amon. Now I don't think he took massive money to go to Hawthorne. Yes. So I want to preface that. But right now, not having the same impact on what he had at Port Adelaide. Now is. He the cherry on top sort of player, and how hard is it right now for him at, in Hawthorne's list? He's for me, he's the he's the handball receive guy, the one that you want putting the ball inside fifty. And when Hawthorne mm. aren't going as well as what they are, it makes players like Carl Amon stand out and, and and struggle to find the footy. Yes, I think that's fair. So, like I said, didn't come on massive money. I think it's in the range of around six hundred thousand dollars a year at Hawthorne. But just to watch on him for the next few weeks, not having the same impact that he did when he was hitting his straps to the power. Okay, before we go, no more gaps. And there are a lot of gaps at the West Coast Eagles. Mitch, you've spoken about them quite a bit on this show. You've put them on the whiteboard before Mm. with some of their aging stars that could have and should have been traded earlier. We talk about the West Coast Eagles in light of the Harley Reid Cup this weekend, which is 17th, the 18th, the Hawks and the Eagles. This is a fascinating game, isn't it? And our producer, Scott, asked a great question this morning on our phone hookup. Who needs Harley Reid more, Hawthorne yep. or West Coast? And I, for me, I think the answer is pretty clear, but I want to hear your answer. For me, it's West Coast. Yep. Outside of Ruben Jinby and maybe Tim Kelly and Dom Sheed, they're sort of 28, 29. They don't have many pieces in their next future midfield. Whereas the Hawks do. Yeah. Josh Day, Ward. Ward. Cam McKenzie. Warple. Yep. Yep. I like McKenzie. Yeah. He's good. And has only been playing footy for, I reckon, three or four years. Really? Like properly competitive Spent some time in South Africa as a junior. Oh, I miss that. I miss that element to his yeah. story. Um, this is why you're micro Mitch. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the question begs for me, last trade period, West Coast had picked two 
and they split it. Yeah. Because of the perceived go-home factor of Sheasel or Wardlaw, whoever was going to be at pick two, do they get cold feet again if it was to fall their way with Harley Reid at pick one? I just I, – I think that's – I've said this on this pod before. I think it's the wrong ideology. I really do. Now, easy for me to sit here as a born and bred Victorian and say that. Mm. I'm not over in WA where I'm sure it's hard. And but you've got to back in your own system, right? Yeah. They would argue that Ruben Jinby was in the top five on their, their whiteboard yep. and they got another pick out of it. Which There's other whiteboards? <laughs> so when I say cold feet, it probably they would argue it works out better for them. But it will be a factor, right? Victorian kid from Tongala, Harley Reid. Mitch, you're not sitting here and thinking that they would consider not taking Harley Reid if they would pick one. Really? Would North take Jason Horn francis again tomorrow? Great rebuttal. I've been put back in my in my chair. <laughs> it's just no, no. It's a good, no. It is a good point. It's a, it, it, it's that scared some clubs off. Surely, what happened? Yeah. So with, with these Jason. are things to consider. But but you've got like we, they're all, a powerful all, club. I though. was going to say, in all due respect to North Melbourne, West Coast. Are, I know they're down at the bottom at the moment, but they're they're rich and powerful. They, they'll turn things around, I reckon. But so okay, tell me outside of Harley Reid, Mitch. Mm. When you look at West Coast, you know you've talked about on this show before targeting West Australians to come back. You've mentioned the likes of Norton and English. Yeah. Now. Everyone needs good ruckman and everyone yeah. needs guys that can play centre back, centre forward. So you think that those two are going to be high up on their whiteboards? For sure. Both out at the end of 2024. This whole West Coast rebuild is built around one of those guys, in my view, in, right. in okay. targeting a big fish like that. Who would you go for first? Who, who would you throw your million bucks at first? It's a good question because I used to. I used to probably overrate Ruckman. And for me, I've seen, you know, we, we just named our best eight Ruckman in the comp before. Yep. And Reece Stanley's a premiership Ruckman. We didn't even mention Toby Nan Curvis, who probably could be in there. Yeah. These clubs are winning without superstar Ruckman. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's a fair argument. In saying that, Tim English has already proven that he's one of the best in the comp. So, oh, I'd take, if I get off I'd the I'd go Norton first. I'll go English just. Okay. Probably just <laughs> rebutted myself there. But for me, they need to go for that because right now you've got McGovern at 31, Darling 31 in June, Shuey 32, Gaff 31 in June, Jamie Cripps 31. That's Nick, a key back, Nick, key forward. Nick Nat as well? Yeah. Well, I didn't even mention him. Who I think is still contracted for next year. Is that he right? He is, yeah. Right. So that's a ruck back forward. Your burst midfielder and Shuey, a wingman and a small forward. Mm. It is pretty lean right now. And for me, like that, you can build your for you can build your next mix around Oscar Allen. Jinby's going to be a good midfielder. Liam Ryan's twenty seven. Uh, Tom Brass has still got a lot of footy ahead of him. But apart from that, it's pretty lean right now. And when we get back to the question around the gaps on their list, there's no club right now that has more gaps. Than gaps everywhere. Yeah. I mean, to your point. I like Allen at one end and Brass at the other. Yeah. You know, like that's that's at least part of your spine. Yep. I mean, re remember when, when Carlton went through their whole rebuild? They didn't have anything. Remember, I mean, like... It's Levi Casbolt was K holding Casbolt down an forward end. and, yeah, they, a makeshift defense. Yeah. And then suddenly they draft Weedering, Mackay, uh, Kerno, Cripps. Yep. In the space of, what, four drafts. So it, 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 can, it can change, but... If I'm West Coast and I'm finishing last, I'm just taking Harley Reid and saying, mate, you're, you're playing round one for us next year. Yeah. And we're going to set you up with the, the best place on the beach in Cottesloe and make sure your family's happy here. And It's a great place, Perth. I love Perth. And if they do finish last, absolutely they could take Harley Reid. I'm not saying that they, they won't. I'm just saying I think it's a, it's a conversation that they would be having internally. Mitch, broad one before you go. Who would you least like to be as a supporter Right now, a lot of people are talking about the inequity in the, of the fixture and we've got three teams right at the bottom who are struggling. But you and I like to talk about the next thing. Where, where's a club getting its next bit of improvement? Yeah. So who, who would you least like to be right now as a supporter? West Coast, 
Hawthorne, North Melbourne. Which are the two teams that you see have a have a bit more light at the end of the tunnel ahead of them versus the other one? I think West Coast has more falling to do in a list sense yep. than the other two. So right now I'm saying West Coast in but, saying that. But they're the, the rich and powerful one. They are. Yeah, it's a hard one. Because I look at McGovern, Darling, Shuey, Gaff, Hearn, Cripps, Nat Nui. All going. All going. Whereas Hawthorne's done that. You know, yep. Hawthorne's already got Ward, McKenzie, Newcomb, these guys in. Granger Brass, who we still hope will come on. Yep. North's gone and done it with Wardlaw, Davis Uniac, Sheasel, these kids already. Whereas I think West Coast are just about to hit that. Where are you in that conversation? Yeah, I think I agree with you. I just, I think North have got the most work to do. I like Sheasel. I can't comment on Wardlaw because I haven't seen him at senior level. Yep. Um, Davis Uniac has exploded. I like Simkin. I feel for Mackay. I think they've got pieces. But they're also you know, they they haven't got the resources that Hawthorne and West Coast have. Yes, I know they've gone and gotten Clarko, but when things go wrong at North, it's it's a harder fix, I reckon. Okay. Just because of how the league is set up, with you know, soft cap or not, mm. the big clubs with big supporter bases have better resources. That's just how it is, unfortunately. Yeah. West Coast are probably only behind Collingwood in big and powerful. They might even be ahead of them. I think they've even got more than Collingwood in terms of cash in the bank. Yeah, so there you go, and you know. Hawthorne have won four flags in the last 15 years. Mm. So uh, they've got plenty of power and resource. I just, yeah, I think I it's t- really Clarko close. will be a selling point if, if they can turn t- it in the next 18 months. T- totally, totally. But they've been talking about this redevelopment of Arden Street for so long. Yeah. And it's never happened. Same with Hawthorne at Dingley, by the way. We don't have to ring the air out zone. But you're talking about facilities. <laughs> no, that's definitely it's, part of the trade. If you're talking about product. facilities, West Coast is the we, place you go. We should do a bit of a deep dive on facilities and how much of a selling point it is. Because I think it probably goes unnoticed. Yeah, you know what? Let's We should. We'll hold on that because I want to talk to you about the ridiculous conversations going on about Tasmania and people thinking that they don't need a new stadium. It just drives me off the wall. All right. Time to leave. I'm going to go listen to some uh, more Tasmanian politic podcasts. and um, It's weird from you. Yeah, it is. I'm going to go home and watch a movie Yeah, and not think about footy (laughs) until I have to talk about it tomorrow. I've just fallen in love. I I, I thought today, geez, I've... It flashed before my eyes what being a political reporter would be all about. Did you not short of a quote or a grab? Can't you just go home and talk to Kate about <laughs> yeah, have definitely. a conversation with her? Yes, she's uh, she'll be no doubt busy prepping for the week of racing. Yes, good weekend of racing coming up as well. Yeah, okay, <laughs> that was a weird end, <laughs> wasn't it? <laughs> Hope everyone's enjoying their uh, awkward finish to Tradies episode ten, season one. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Please remember follow Tradies on Spotify or iHeart or subscribe on iTunes or just wherever you get your podcasts and uh, you can't catch me on social media but if you want to catch Mitch at Cleary underscore Mitch on Twitter and you can catch Tradies Instagram and TikTok accounts at Tradies Podcast Thank you for listening to another Producey Podcast if you enjoyed the show it would be a massive help if you could like follow rate subscribe tap the bell leave a review or even share it with your friends. So if you want to get in touch, share feedback, suggestions, or to advertise with one of our podcasts, then simply email hello at producey.com. Thanks for tuning in.